Shut up and sit down. Well, hello, everybody. I'd like to give you a warm, warm welcome to episode 85 of Third Shift. I, as always, am one of your wonderful hosts, Mr. Eric, and with me is that Mr. Crazy Person, Mr. Matt. Holy cow, it's Matt, as always. What in the world have you been doing in this beautiful world this week, Matt? I am just on my edge of my seat waiting to hear about this. <laughs> Mr. Crazy Matt! <laughs> Perfect. And I'm crazy because I've been working for what? What is it? Eleven days straight? I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah, it'll be twelve on Friday. So yeah, it's been quarter end madness. So I haven't been doing a whole lot. I did beat season one of the Telltale Batman game. That was fantastic. And then because there was a little stinger right at the end, at the very end of that game, and I was like, "Ooh, got to see how that turns out." I immediately went and bought season two, the whole season pass. But the extra cool thing was. It was 50% off. It was $12.50. I can't pass that up. I'll spend $12.50 every single day of my life. So grab that up. That is also fantastic. It's a little darker than the first season, which I do appreciate. And I like the, like we said on the uh, on the Patreon roundup thing, I like the way that the Batman Telltale reworks the established mythologies of all these characters. So you see a character and you think you know who he or she is. But that's not who that is. And you find that out. And you go, oh my god, my mind is blown. All this crazy stuff's happening. No spoilers, obviously. But that's fantastic. I've been loving that. Other than that, I don't know, man. Just go to work and come home and pray for death. And that's about it. What about you, dude? Well, now that you just told me you're praying for death, I have just got a man to do the job for you, man. I have got a plan. <laughs> Let's... Let's just whoa, whoa, take whoa. care of that. Well, I'm not praying for my own death. I'm praying oh. for death. Oh, like, okay. Oh man, I really hope someone dies out there. And I have just I have just a couple people in mind too. Clarified. Perfect. Okay, now I understand. All right. There for you a go. second I was starting to get some business taken care of. I was going to arrange a lot of things and make make it all happen. I mean, you still can once I slip you those names after the show. Well, oh, okay. We still could, we can right. still could Still come to an agreement? Yeah, we can still <laughs> transact some business. That's the word I was looking for, transact. <laughs> too much beer. <laughs> too many beers, too late at night, too long working. I get it. I understand. That's I'm, definitely true. It's very true. Me, uh, the wife, went with the children down south to visit some family members over the weekend since I had quarter and was working anyway. Gave me a honey to-do list and got a whole bunch around the house done, a whole bunch of chores, this and that. What a productive human I am. I feel accomplished and established. And, of course, it's nice to get a few of those last-minute-end you know, projects off the list, a couple things you never quite finished up and swore you were going to get to and didn't. A few sure. of those got done. Now I'm just waiting for the next big thing to break because that's just the nature of owning a home. Something always breaks, and you will fix it like uh for example, the master bedroom, bathroom there, she wants to redo now. So, hey, maybe that's next in a coming week or two. Who knows? See, as soon as you said, we got those projects done, I immediately looked behind you and I was like, what can fall off of the ceiling? What can shatter? <laughs> what can break? All of those things. I'm just like, dude, Eric, don't turn around. Just do the show. It's fine. <sighs> I immediately just keep thinking to myself, you know, and I'm like, what was that show with that 
goofy old middle-aged dad bod dude who's balding, brown hair. He always did the show where he's like, I'm on the home. How Today we're going to put together this house. Oh, you're Bob Vila, yeah. Bob Vila, that's right. I'm turning into Bob Vila. You know, we know I was younger, you look at this guy and your dad's watching the show constantly and you're like, why are you so interested in just watching this man do this? And now, here I am, 20 years later, bald, bearding up, <laughs> getting a fat belly, turning into Bob Vila. <laughs> just... <laughs> Now, to be fair, I think Bob was pretty slim back in when he started. Maybe at his end times, he got a little bit of paunch. <laughs> his yeah. end days, which I'm near my end days, Matt. If I haven't told you, 35 is a ripe old age for me. I'm, I probably got eight to ten years left. And I will say too, I'm pretty sure Bob Vila didn't Brian Eakin his his fixes and his and well, his improvements. Well, I, I to can his only house. do what I can do, Matt. I've been taught a certain way. <laughs> That's all I got. Uh, I got a Jerry rig it, got to fix it up the only way I know how. <laughs> a few extra nails always fixes everything, Matt. That's what I've learned in life. That's true. For a lot of situations, actually. Yeah, for most things, exactly. Beyond that, I've played, I've been, just once again, man, I'm all over the board. A little bit of Monster Hunter, a little bit of Overwatch, a little bit of Batman Telltale series, a little bit of Division, a little bit of Fortnite, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I can't commit to anything right now. I've just been hopping all over the place. Haven't really had more than an hour or two ever to game anyway, being that seeing that it was the quarter in, all that usual jargon. Yeah. Jargon, not jargon, but whatever. You know, it's all good. Doesn't it's matter. Jargon. Jargon. But that's about it for me. Life has been pretty decent, minus the working all the time. So you know what? I say we hop on in. So that was it for you. That was it for me. But together this week, we did IG2G episode 26. It was a slightly abbreviated quarter-end episode, but it was a fun one. We got together to talk some Nino Cooney and all all other kinds of good stuff, man. It was fun. As per usual, yes. I did enjoy it most definitively and uh, really didn't mind it was a little shorter one because I needed that extra rest. So Mm -hmm. check that out if you want. And there might be a little story in there, too, about some five stars. Pretty cool, fun times. Just saying, for all you third shifters who don't watch, uh, or I should say, listen to the IG2G, this is your opportunity to head on over, and for anything else, just listen to that. So, of course, that was this week. Coming up next week on Tuesday, what, 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 what? Sean actually sent us in a Talented Tuesday art challenge competition. He sent us in his little muse, his little wifey poo, Tannis. He drew us a nice little picture. So, coming up next Tuesday... Watch out for three fantastic Tannises, or Tannisai, or Tanai. I don't know. Hey, but aside from that, you know who didn't send anything in? It was Joe Zos. Joe Zos. Even though we called his ass out on the last episode. So I'm calling you out again, Joe Zos. Maybe draw something. Maybe draw Tannis. Maybe draw something else. Send something in, Joe Zos. All the definitive skills you're talking about always having on everything. Mm-hmm. How about using your little fingers, your little nubby thumbs, and draw a picture? And I'll tell you this too, Sean, Tannis, the men and women at Gearbox have told you not to trust this individual, and yet you still love her. When you get eaten or die, don't come crying to us about it. Don't come crying to us. It can be one of those tragic scenes, though. No, how could you do this? I loved you. And she'll go, I talked to chairs on the ceiling. And he'll go, no, I finally realized you were insane. (laughs) As he vaporizes. This fire, fire this one time. I've seen the insanity. Oh, I never saw it before. The time you uh, said you hate bacon and stuff. Oh, no. 
<laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible. God. And speaking of terrible, this week we did not get shift codes for Golden Keys in Borderlands 2 or the pre-sequel. I mean, to be fair, they doubled up last week, but I'm still sad because I don't get to say hit up the Twitter and the forums and all that stuff. Yep. No loot boxes this week, everybody. I wish I had something I could actually throw. All I have are my show notes, and I can't throw them. And my phone, which I'm not going to throw. My recommendation, since you can't open loot boxes in Borderlands, why don't you go open loot boxes in real life? Break into someone's house, open up their loot box, steal their treasure, and go home. That You'll get the same feeling that you get from opening loot boxes in Borderlands that you do <laughs> that way. See? That's true. Since, since Gearbox doesn't want to give you the codes... And the shift keys and all the other goodies, this is what you have to do. Disclaimer, don't actually do this. And you can't say that it was my fault that if you did this, because uh, I I, uh, will not take responsibility for it in any way, shape, or form. Thank you. Before we get into the meat of the show, there is one other Gearbox-related piece of news, and that's that Tales from the Borderlands is now available via Twitch Prime this month. So if you have Twitch Prime, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Twitch Prime. You know the deal by now. If you have it and you haven't played Tales from the Borderlands, get it and play it. It's awesome. It's probably my favorite Borderlands thing. I think I've said that before. Yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. just going to say it right now even if I haven't said it before. It's my favorite Borderlands thing. There you go. And I'll just add in, once again, we have said it a billion times before, but do not miss this title. It is literally free now because everybody has an Amazon Prime account. Everybody. Mm -hmm. Even curmudgeon people like me who don't get on the internet and hate the internet. I even have Amazon Prime, for God's sakes. So get over there, grab it up for free, and play it. I'm trying to remember what moron it is I know that said, oh, oh, we'll pay no money for Amazon Prime. And I went, dude, you that, get, like, literally everything with it. You went, I don't know who it was, though. I don't know Some who it moron. was. Yeah, we should probably just, you know, keep moving along, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> could, 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 I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. Yeah, let me just here. I'm having a drink. <sighs> and speaking of morons, you'd be a moron if you didn't pay attention to me when I'm talking about the Battleborn free rotation. This week we got Atticus, we got the trash can bird. I'm not even going to dignify him by saying his actual name. We got Reyna, Cleese, Whiskey Foxtrot, and Kelvin. What do you think about the lineup? Okay, so you want to look at this, right? And you got to understand that uh, Isaac is like a D character, you know what I'm saying? You got to really know what you're doing to play this classic character. Uh, you got to mm. make sure that you're utilizing his sword in such a fashion that it's uh, not hindering the team. You got to make sure you're super forward with it. And then pull out your shield, of course, with Isaac. And mm. once you've done that, and then, boom, absorb the damage of every incoming battle thing and, 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 and protect your team from him. He, even though he's a D character and, and just not really someone you should pick up and play, he can become the best individual on the battlefield using those skills that he has with that sword and shield, right? Mm-hmm. So, for sure, Isaac is the person you're going to want to play as this week, hands down. Uh, Calvin, you know, he's meta. He's like super S plus class, uh, always out there. He's got that, uh, he turns into a fairy, and then he flies around, you know what I'm saying? That's really cool, mm-hmm. fun times. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good overall uh, setup, I think. What about you? Uh, I'm going to give this one a thumbs in the middle. Let's move on. Awesome. (laughs) We're going to be rolling on through. Just a reminder, the Battleborn Day 4 is coming up May 4th, 5th, and 6th. And according to our buddy Mental Mars' little page that he put up about it, if you participate in things, you can, quote, earn sweet prizes. 
No details on what those are yet, how you get them, what they would be, what, how to do it, what anything. That'll be coming up eventually, apparently at some point. So keep your ears peeled for that, because sweet prizes. Everybody loves glittering prizes. <laughs> Everybody does indeed love glittering prizes. And speaking of glittering shiny things, Matt... I want to get out a reminder to everybody that Battleborn Day 2 or 4 or 7 or 8 is coming. Which one is it? I don't know. It's 4, I believe. <laughs> that was literally the segue in. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so rolling on from Battleborn News, we're going to start slipping into Fortnite, but I got cool info and i got cool numbers and i got all kinds of cool stuff to throw at you first up before i totally forget running from now or whenever it started through april 10th they have the boogie down contest so if you take a video of yourself doing a cool fancy dance an original dance that you have come up with of your own accord you tag them on your instagram your twitter your any kind of cool stuff you'll be entered in a contest where the winners will get their dance as a new emote in Fortnite, and then runners up also get v bucks you get like a a real life boogie bomb model that they made you get skins you get all kinds of stuff so all that's a cool contest if you know a cool dance if you can do a cool dance do a cool dance and submit it to them you might win a bunch of cool stuff i like this one but i feel like it's leaving out these poor saps like myself who can't dance <sighs> maybe if you dance horribly enough mm-hmm. like dance next to a banana peel and be like oh i'm trying to do the macarena or something and you slip and you fall on your head and you break your neck they'll be like it'd be the break your neck taunt there you go you'll get up you'll get up and you have that wiggler head just like that's a possibility i like that break my neck doing a stupid dance and win free loot in fortnite yes i'm on it matt watch me at work tomorrow buddy (laughs) hopefully i'm still good to play games that night with you guys oh Also in Fortnite news, it is now fully open and available on iOS devices. No invites needed. It's totally open, so if you have an iOS device, you can go grab that up. I look forward to seeing what the numbers are for this, because as you saw, when PUBG threw theirs out for free for everybody, instantly they just skyrocketed in the numbers playing on there. Surpassed, of course, what was being played on iOS and whatnot for Fortnite, but that's because it was by invite only. Now that they're free... I uh, look forward to the stats coming up here in the near future. Yeah, I could definitely see all the streamers who all have their iOS devices because they're cool, like hip hip iOS people, going, oh, well, I can't stream now, but I can be, still be playing it, so hit up my however I, however I do a feed. Oh, see, that's what it'll be it. He'll have a webcam. He'll just grab it with him be like, hey, I got to go make breakfast, but here, ploop, I'm playing while I'm playing. Well, I'm cooking. Oh, I got the sizzle. I got the sizzle. Oh, yeah. Victory Royale was I made my eggs Benedict. I beat these scrubs while I was making eggs. I like it. That's it. Perfect. Terrible. Now we got all kinds of record breaking for Fortnite. I'm going to run down a whole bunch of numbers for you guys. Apparently, well, this one doesn't have a number, but Fortnite now has the most videos uploaded for a game in a single month on YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, it is now the most viewed game in YouTube history with 2.4 billion views in February alone. And on top of that, it's also the most concurrently watched stream in history because I believe last week they had a bunch of Spanish-speaking content creators went and did a bunch of YouTube stuff, went and did a bunch of streams on Fortnite, and one of them got up to 1.1 million views concurrently 
That's insanity. That's absolutely nuts. All these numbers are completely ridiculous, so good on you, Fortnite. Yep. The question now is whether it's going to pass, how long, or are they going to keep it fresh enough to where everybody's on board? And right now, I'm thinking it's going to stay pretty dang fresh because the big hubbub right now, and lately anyway, is uh, there's a meteor in the sky over the island in Battle Royale now. Oh, really? And, yes, it sends out this code that apparently has, like, the coordinates or whatever and the time of date of uh, Tilted Towers. Apparently, the the big rumor mill is that this meteor is heading straight for Tilted Towers, and it's going to, like, completely wipe it out or something, hence the space suits that they uh, threw out there for Fortnite. And there's oh, also yeah. um, there's telescopes now on one of the top of the hills, so you can kind of, like, look up, and it's like it's investigating what the meteor is up to. So really cool. I think that's pretty neat. And of course, what how, what is going to happen? And when it does, will it be part of the in-game event? Will it be like a cinematic? No matter which way it is, everyone's buzzed talking about it, having fun playing Fortnite anyway, and mm. knowing that something is coming soon. So something to look at, something to keep your eye out for. Everybody's buzzed and hyped. So for the time being, I think Fortnite is safe with all these numbers. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean... Everyone's starting to do battle royale modes because this kicked off the big hype. But I feel like this is going to be like an Overwatch situation where, you know, you had PUBG, it did it well. Fortnite is blowing it out of the water now. So anybody who comes along after this is just going to be, oh, it's got a battle royale mode and it's kind of fun, but it's eh, we're going to show up for two weeks and then we're just going to go back to Fortnite. There's going to have to be something really special with a really unique gimmick to kick this off the throne. And I think it's got to be so unique that it would be a completely different game type. Like, you know, there's Minecraft everyone was into, then it was PUBG, now Fortnite. It'd have to be something totally different. Some other completely different type of game for people to latch onto. I think the only game that could possibly do anything now and get away with something good would be The Division. I think that's the only game out currently that wouldn't make just a... I wouldn't say cheap knockoff, but just, you know what I mean, like a just a basic, here you go, here's our Battle Royale and have fun. I think Division is one of the only games that could possibly do something with it, but I know they're not going to right now. They're gonna they're working on Division 2, and who knows whether or not Battle Royale is still going to be a thing when Division 2 comes out, so I feel like that's not going to happen. And as much as we do like the Division, even if they do put that in, there's no way it's going to blow up like Fortnite has. I mean, A, because it's not free. It's something's something's got to be free. Well, period isn't. Yeah, it's not gonna. Free brings all the boys to the yard, man. It's like a good old milkshake. That's right. Mm-mm-mm. Tasty, tasty. <laughs> so rolling on into the patch notes, there were so many of them. There were so many good things. I know you got some stuff that you pulled out of this patch. Well, I did. One of the big things that I pulled out of this patch was the inclusion of that flipping vending machine. Holy moly! Mm-hmm. One, it's an, it's just another idea that already exists in the world, sort of in a different way in Borderlands, with the vending oh, machines yeah. getting the they getting the items out of them and trading in your scrap items, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It mm. already exists. Plus, of course, normal vending machines, which were all over the place and had the chance at awesome loot. But this is something I didn't even think about, and it's like, oh, well, no duh. Hey, you're not getting the gun you want. You're running around, hiding, jumping in the buildings, opening up chests. You can't find that perfect SMG you want or whatever. Well, guess what? Hey, why don't you head to one of the vending machines for the blue, white, purple, or the legendary, of course, because each one will have a its own color theme to it, and then you get the, the random rolls inside of that color. Mm. So 
pretty cool. And then, of course, they cost different amounts of resources. So you'll go in, and I don't remember the numbers exactly. It was like 100 for the whites, and then on and up and up and up and up. Yeah. That's awesome, because now you can just say, hey, well, the hell with looking for what I want. You can go just start harvesting stone, harvesting your wood, whatever. Find a vending machine that you need. Say, oh, I love this purple SMG. You go over here, see if it's in there, take a roll. Boom, didn't get it or got it, whatever. Just an awesome way to pick up some of the loot you might need to take out everybody and get yourself a Victor Royale. Yep, 100% agree with that. So another cool thing that's going on this week, if you suck at sniping like I do, and you saw that like Sniper sniper Royale, Magoo, whatever it was last week, and you were like, poof, nuts to that, I just want to blow it up. Well, now you got High Explosives V2. It's got the guided missile in it. It's got the remote explosives in it now. Go around, blow up all kinds of stuff, blow up all kinds of people. Just blow up the whole world. Have, have a great time. Be a mad bomber. Be the mad bomber. What bombs at midnight? <laughs> This mode really reminds me of the one awesome mode that I thought was sweet that had this dirty bird in it that I, I think we call him a trash can bird. Mm-hmm. Where you flew around on the little island shooting rockets like freaking maniacs flying all over. That was by far a my most amazing PvP fantastic time mm-hmm. I've ever had over there. And it was such a <laughs> just that little tiny window. And I, to hear this, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I'm down with this. I love mm. getting those explosive rounds. Plus, not only did they bring that mode out, but they brought in all the stats with it. So they're pumping up the amount of, uh, you know, uh, bazooka RPG rounds you'll get, et cetera, et cetera, and increased, yep. you know, all sorts of stuff just to make this mode fit and work and a lot of fun. I uh, look forward to jumping in there and checking it out. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And then also, literally the only other thing in the patch notes was in the Save the World mode, they have the Easter Egg Launcher, which basically shoots out little eggs that act as proximity mines. If a husk gets in range of it, they'll have a few seconds before it pops. And I thought, when I was reading that up, I was like, man, I loved proximity mines in GoldenEye. This would be awesome for Battle Royale mode. Just popping eggs everywhere. Pop it in a bush. Pop it in a little in a little cubby hole over here. When people run in to go get it, pop it in that little pile of loot that exploded out. Just like your strategy is, is to watch the loot. Pop it in there. I'm going to get some loot. Ting, ting, ting. What is it? Boom. Gone. Mm-hmm. I think this is. I think they're going to test it out and save the world, see how it works, You know, get some numbers down. I think yeah. you'll see it pretty soon in Battle Royale because it's a perfect fit for that. And for streamers, YouTubers, all those guys and gals, it's nothing but fun. All sorts of trolling, mm. fun times, way, new ways to win, new ways to hide and play. It's a, it's a no-brainer. I think it's coming up for sure. Yep, definitely. And that pretty much wraps it up for Fortnite. That's not much going on this week. They did say that coming up, they're going to have a different schedule for updates. Like one week will be an update, and then the next one will be a content patch that won't require a downloaded update. So it might be a little bit smaller, but they, they said that this will help them work on straightening out those major issues because they can handle them at a more you know, at a more regular pace than what they're going through now. So expect some smaller stuff, but then some bigger stuff on the off week. So there you go. Not much else to say about Fortnite. Well, not much more to say about Fortnite, but we do have a whole bunch to say about Compulsion Games. Oh, yeah. Because they released another fantastic journal this week, Matt. And I will start us off by saying, wow. They they went in to talk about, of course, how they want the artwork and everything to tell the story in the game. And immediately, Mm -hmm. I know I brought this game up earlier, but my mind went to The Division. It is by far my favorite game to date, 
that uses artwork in the game, graffiti, posters, billboards, just placement of trash items, people, things like that to really make sure you understand what's happening in the city, the journals, the audio logs, all these things. Mm-hmm. Really bring you in and are ways to just tell the story without, of course, dragging you through a whole bunch of dialogue and other crap that you may or may not be interested in. Mm-hmm. They went in and said, this is exactly what they're doing. They they got you looking at different things, the graffiti on the walls, the posters showing uh, certain scenarios. And the one that really got me was they've got mail in the mailboxes that you can read yep. and start you know telling what the wellies are thinking, you know who they're talking to, what their thoughts are. Awesome. Uh, it just instantly, I was I just got 10 times more excited. I was like, yes, this has a lot of potential to be freaking fantastic. I 100% agree with that. And I say that all the time, but I actually do 100% agree with that this time. I loved how they, even before they got into the meat of it, they said, well, there's a difference between story and narrative, where story is what you hear and see and you're actually you know interacting with and cutscenes and all that jazz. But then the narrative and how they built the world via these, like we talked about before, kind of these unconscious clues where, you know, you're seeing the graffiti and stuff, but it puts in your mind that something's going on that's deeper here. And it doesn't, you know, necessarily spell it out like, oh, watch out, there's a hidden past. That's not what the graffiti says. It just says, what happened to them? Or don't forget this. Or small stuff that's vague like that, but that gets you thinking and that it puts you in the mindset of this world that, Something bad has happened, and you see these little outliers of it mixed in with the propaganda of just take your joy and be happy. Everything's going to be fine. I really thought they did an awesome job of showing like these little details from, I mean, everything from posters and journals and notes and everything, like you said, to just the environments themselves. We talked about it last week, too, about you see this rotted building and you feel the history behind it. And, you know, you see the graffiti, you see the juxtaposition between what's officially out there and then what people are saying like on the street, what they're barking at you, what the graffiti says, what the houses look like. Just a fantastic job. Like like you said, it got me 10 times more excited. Now, the one thing that did come to mind when I was thinking about all this and tying it in with like, you know, some of the games I enjoy that do have a great way to show you what's happening without just telling you directly is the difference is those games have one world you're looking at. So what mm-hmm. you see is what you get, period. When you see a piece of graffiti, that's what it is. It's always going to be there. But in this world, the world appears different when on Joy, when not on Joy, at different levels. True. So how? what if I were to go down an alleyway and I wasn't on a lot of Joy, so I'm seeing a lot of this rough graffiti stating, you know, beware the past for this or that or you know some cool important message that might like key me in to just one more thing of what the heck's going on here but if i was on joy all i see is a rainbow wall with like a unicorn graffiti or something i mean is that going to change how is the perception with those kinds of things going to differ uh say when you're on full joy and you see a poster of uh you know a military man or something when you're off joy if there's a poster there what is that poster is that going to change is it going to remain the same period i don't know i'm interested to kind of see what that's all about yeah that would really be interesting to see like they showed before in the uh, the housing or the no it was the joy retrospective how like when you were on joy it was different but it wasn't so different that it was ridiculous so i like you said i'd like to see what the graffiti turns into what it looks like maybe it's just like 
maybe you can only see like a sliver of it at a time. And so you'd have to like move your eyesight along it to see the whole thing, something like that. That, I'm looking forward to the full game because I really want to see. I got a ton of questions. I mean, it's crazy. I know. And then, like for the the mail, which I just got all crazy about. If you're hopped up on Joy, is it a different message than when you're not on Joy, or is it the same message regardless? It's just, and I should rephrase this because I'm sure it's the same message regardless. But what if how you perceive it changes or something based off what mm. what kind of Joy levels you're at when you read it? Yeah, like you said, if the message is the same, like I'm gonna come get you over this thing but when you're on joy it reads like a hey we're gonna get together and talk about the problem we have versus if you're crashed out it's what it's supposed to be was, i'm gonna freaking kill you steve or whatever it is i'm excited because we haven't seen a lot of footage and stuff of like the final game in progress so it's all these crazy theories in our brains and stuff going off and I really want to just finally have it in my hands and see it for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we missed the whole uh, uh, the testing and all that other good stuff. So we're on a fresh slate here. So everything we know is just what we read and see. So it's awesome and gets me excited because of all this cool crap they're talking about. And just like, oh, yeah, okay. Which is another cool thing. I think they mentioned it in the journal itself. And then they definitely mentioned it in the, what was it called? The dev quest video that popped out with the guy who went up to Montreal and visited with them. The whole concept of, well, we have early access, so we can show you some things, but we still have to hold back like the major story beats. I know they definitely mentioned it in the journal, but talking about how, well, you know, we had to get him into the narrative of the world without giving away the story. So I feel like even though we missed out on those first bits, we still aren't missing the whole picture. Because, I mean, I think even Joe Zoe's like, he knows a couple things, but he doesn't know where it's going at the end. So I thought that was really clever of them just tying both of those items together of just gating, you know, we can share this much with you early access guys, but you're not getting the whole shebang here. Mm-hmm. We're making sure you're going to enjoy the hell out of this game when it comes out and you're not getting burnt out playing through this testing and messing around and then don't actually purchase the game once it hits and therefore losing a nice base of players. Exactly. I mean, you've already bought in for the early access, but hey, look, here's the actual final game. Now you have a reason to play it. Because you're going to get the whole story. You're going to get everything. Mm -hmm. Versus just the bits you can kind of infer and maybe guess at here and there. And that was another thing. Speaking of the whole story and the whole shebang, they teased it just a little bit in the very first, I think, paragraph of the journal. Talking about how they took inspiration from all these you know, British, British literature and all this other stuff. And how you have this diverse cast of characters... And they don't seem like they're all connected to start with, but in the end, they all are interwoven in this little web. So I'm definitely interested to see how that plays out. We don't even know that much about the characters themselves as it is, but maybe they've all got dark pasts that all link up to this inciting incident. It could happen. I was going to say, that's kind of where it seems like it's going, is that obviously they're all linked up in some dark way, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, I can't wait. It's awesome. It looks great. Cool. I don't think I had anything else. No, I mean, for me, that was it. Because, I mean, the whole thing was just them really going on about uh, the differences and how they want to do it. They did talk about the Wastrels mumbling and how you can get context just by being near to random players and stuff and mm. listening on what the heck they're talking about. That was another thing I thought was cool is how the Wastrels, they were saying, you know, they would kind of mumble about 
little bits and hints of what did happen, because obviously they're the ones who are crashed out, living with the memories of the past of what happened. So if you hung around them and maybe, you know, if they didn't get violent towards you, maybe you could pick up scraps of little info that you wouldn't have otherwise. Just a nice little little sneaky little touch there of just, hey, you know, these these are the people you're probably supposed to avoid, but they might have more and more accurate information than the you know, the official, hey, we're in charge and we know what's going on because they're feeding you the, the joy line versus these are the people who remember it the way it was. Exactly. And the fact that it adds that element, like you said, of just, well, if I follow them around trying to listen in, I might get some knowledge out of this, but at the same time they might go crazy on me. Not to mention the fact that, you know, you're going to be crashing, you're going to be getting suspicion on you, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I just like the uh, risk first reward for trying to ascertain what the heck's going on in this place. Oh, yeah, definitely. So wrapping up the whole Compulsion Games section, I do want to reference that DevQuest video again. And if you haven't seen it, I think they tweeted it out from the We Happy Few account, and then we definitely retweeted it as well. But it's a an indie dev who goes off to visit other indie dev studios and see what's going on, see what their philosophies are and all that jazz. This In uh, episode two of DevQuest, this dude went up to Montreal and talked with the people from Compulsion Games. He met with Whitney and Guillaume and then another studio that was up there as well. I thought it was really cool and really interesting to see, you know, just kind of their philosophy bet- behind the Kickstarter and the early access like I talked about before. And then he and uh, members of the other studio actually were talking about how Montreal's kind of come, become this place where there's a lot of indie devs there and there's a lot of AAA devs and then people who've worked for AAA coming and taking those AAA uh, mindsets and tendencies and abilities and skill sets down to the indie level and kind of stirring that pot a little bit. And we've seen that with We Happy Few and Compulsion Games in particular because they started off with Contrast and they said specifically in this video they've gone from six people on the dev team to 40 people over the course of two years, and you've seen how the game has blown up. They got Gearbox Publishing involved, now it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I thought that was a really cool video. Really, you know, pretty cool insights from Guillaume and Whitney, especially how they specifically said how, you know, we tried to make it look bigger than it was, and because it was, our Kickstarter people and our early access people wanted it to become officially bigger. So they kind of spurred this development and the the push to becoming you know a, a major published release it was a really cool video it was a lot of fun it's only like 10 11 minutes so it's not a big you know a big time sink or anything i'd definitely check it out and then one very last thing because i almost forgot it for april fool's day compulsion games put together a little video of funny moments and glitchy stuff from uh, the the previous builds of we happy few there were a couple really funny bits in that. Like my favorite was somebody had killed like a whole bunch of bobbies and civilians, and then they were steadily loading them in this trash can <laughs> until it eventually like burst and like it was like a like one of those snake things where you open up the can of chips and it's a snake. Except oh, it was awesome. just bodies. Except bodies it was going amazing. everywhere. Oh, that's the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. So that was that was another like five minute video just for funsies. Go check that out. Tons of fun. Compulsion games, you guys rule. Indeed, I second that. And of course, you know what? You know who else popped some good stuff out there this time around? It's been it's that time of the month again. Sounds kind of weird, but hey, you know what? That's, that's bad. <laughs> Danny's not going <laughs> to no. appreciate that. Well, I didn't mean it that way. It just after I said <laughs> it, it was, like, it was like, oh, well. 
Uh, Gearbox Publishing came out with their their month end uh, wrap up of what the heck they've been up to. Now I'm on two sides of this. I thought it was awesome in one end, mm-hmm. and the other end I'm I'm just wanting to choke Gearbox because I'm just like where's yeah okay. Let me just start with the 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 really cool thing. What's going which on? Which is tied Eric? in with the with the bad thing. All right, oh <laughs> uh, it's no biggie. They were like, hey man. We're busy as all get out. We've got a million things under wraps getting done right now. We're thinking we're about to sign on four new titles coming up here, mm. and two of them we're going to be able to talk about by the end of this month, coming month, which will be April. Fantastic. Yep. Awesome. Now I'm like, holy crap, they're going to be publishing two more or four more, but two more they're announcing here pretty soon. What the heck is it? I cannot wait. That was super exciting to hear. But everybody to the T in this particular one was like, we're working on this and this and this, and we can't tell you about any of it. Not a single piece. Oh, yeah. And I'm True. like, ah, what? What? For goodness sakes, Gearbox, what are you working on? Mm-hmm. We know you've got a million titles coming up. We know for the love of everything that is holy, announce something. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you guys have like eight games, and you're going to be just like that little trash can full of bodies. And all at once, you're just going to be like, spewing them out. <laughs> How about, you know what, just give me one now, give me one next month, give me the one a couple months down the road. Oh, my goodness, man. <laughs> For gosh sakes, teasing and teasing and teasing me. I want to hear what the heck we're doing. I, I will say, I had the exact same arc you did. I saw two to four releases in 2018. I went, oh, and I started going up. And they said, we'll talk about a f- couple of them in the next month. And I went, woo. And then it went, Shoo. oh, no, nobody told me what they were, or gave me any hints. It's, oh. Yeah, I agree. Tell us more. Announce more things just to us. Just give me a call. Hey, <laughs> there you know, you go. my number is uh, 516. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my phone number is 599 Oh, somebody's getting. I apologize, whoever's number that is. Yeah, exactly. If you call, disclaimer: do not call that number. And if you do, I cannot be held responsible because it was just a joke. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You had to go movie style. I'm five 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 five. I hate that. No, it's terrible. Can't stand (laughs) it when movies do that. Uh, So another thing I thought was pretty cool in this monthly update was they were talking about doing an inside the box video blog series going around talking to different people different you know development areas seeing what they do how they got there i mean more gearbox stuff is always good so i'm looking forward to that too yeah when they said that i was super pumped i'd love to see especially since they're talking about doing the video blog fashion going around seeing more areas of gearbox that we don't see because you know whenever they throw out a picture it's usually of the main uh foyer there and the big mm-hmm. gearbox symbol. You don't ever get to see any of the actual offices or spaces. And I think the only time I've ever seen any place but that and maybe their chow room with the donuts spread and everything else was uh, mm-hmm. way back in the day. I don't know if you ever saw us, but Jace Hall uh, used to always run around gearbox being a goofball. And one time he was with Randy Pitchford and he was mm-hmm. trying to get him to talk about Duke Nukem forever. And they were in like some of the meeting rooms and walking around. They had the screens. It looked oh, like, yeah. yeah. They were doing the whole Dude, that shit. that was an entire lifetime I ago. know. It was forever ago, we right? We were but different men. Jeez. I remember it. It's, just <laughs> it's ingrained in my head. I remember that very well. So I'd love to see that. I'd just love to see the whole area. And, of course, one day, you know, I wanna, we'll get down there and visit ourselves. And maybe, mm. just maybe, because Randy Fisher says they don't give people no tours. That's not how they roll. Just maybe, though. 
with enough threatening and strange things, we can make it and we can get it to her. So when I zip tie you in the lobby and I go, look, I saved you from the crazy clown man. They'll go, all right, sir, you can come in with your tour. And I'll go, yay. Yay. I'll tell you what it looks like, Eric. No, no, no. You got to get me in too. The crazy clown man has to be able to come in with me. (laughs) Here's how we do it is we bring Danny with us. She gets too nervous. We tie her up. Look, hey, she's having a panic attack. Sorry. We got her out though. And they'll be like, okay, thank you for saving us all the trouble. I well, don't know. That's, we can make the best it, I we got. We can make it real, man. We bring her cats, and then we lock her cats up saw-style with this trap thing that's going to squash them. So she naturally starts to freak out, and we say, if you can't get us in here in 20 hours, Danny, your cats bite the bullet. Well, see, what I was thinking was, she bring the cats, just let them loose in gearbox. They run up to the CEO's office. we got to get in there somehow. There's mm-hmm. cats in there. We gotta Ooh, get those cats. There's a non-harmful way to do it. That's better. See, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I suppose, Matt. Jeez, old Pete's. <laughs> I just really wanted to be that guy from Saw one day, but that's okay. There's other people you can do that. All too. right, per- perfect, perfect. Anywho's back to the topic <laughs> at hand. Last thing for me was the user research team. I always say that I want more from these guys, and they talked about going to the user research summit this year. And I said, I want more about the summit. And somebody was freaking listening because our boy on the user research team said, hey, we went to the summit. Here's what the topic was. And oh, also, you can see our talk from last year that we did. It's on YouTube. Here's a link. I went and watched that. That was fantastic. It was about an hour long, so it's, you know, it's a little bit lengthy. But it was super interesting. They had, let's see, what's her name? Stephanie Puri from id Software, who apparently works pretty closely with Gearbox and Jonathan Cohen from Gearbox himself talking all about user testing, the kinds of user testing they did, the kinds of information they got from the different types of people that they brought it in with. Super fascinating stuff. I really love the look behind the curtain. Stephanie Peary was specifically talking about the user testing they did with Doom, the most recent Doom, so you should probably check it out. It was really cool just I'll pick out two things that they each talked about that were really cool. Stephanie was talking about how, you know, this new Doom, they brought in all these testers and they had to extrapolate, like, what they were saying about it by thinking about what kinds of gamers they were. Like, I'm getting this kind of feedback from people who played Doom 1 but didn't play 2 or 3. I'm getting this kind of feedback from people who played Doom 3 but not the original two. So people who wanted fast action were the ones who played Doom 1 and 2, obviously. And then people who only played Doom 3 wanted jump scares and horror game type stuff in it. So it was really interesting to hear that, you know, there's these different generations and their different analyses of what they're playing and then them having to get all that info, mesh it together, and then give it back to the development team. That was really interesting. And then Jonathan was talking about I'll, I'll do two quick things from him. One, they were talking about how they have a, a, a system at Gearbox where if you're testing the game, that gameplay can be streamed directly to the developers and they can watch you play while you're playing it and see exactly what you're doing and why you're doing it and hear you talking about it. That was really cool. And then another thing they were talking about was a, a development tool that the devs used really early on in development that was like tracking all the enemies and the player characters. And like, you know, they were using it for like the bot pathing. Like, here's all the bots, which way do they go to get to the players? And they said they they were able to grab that tool, take it to the testing room, 
to see the pathing that all the players took, the, you know, the testers did, as they're going through all these different levels. So repurposing tools that were used for development for testing to get more info to give back to the developers, really fascinating talk. I was really impressed by it. I hope that they put up the 2018 talk at some point because I want more of this stuff. It was really cool. Now you've got me convinced. I for sure have to go check that out. Obviously, I was at work yeah. today when I saw, read everything, got everything posted, and once again, I, my phone's not capable of these shenanigans. So I didn't see the video, but what you just said was awesome. I mean, I can't imagine the kind of information they got just from that last part alone where they took mm-hmm. the player paths and watched it just span out. And I'm just imagining like lines over and over of which paths they took and how they got around to different scenarios and then taking that information and knowing what they needed to move or change to make sure that the proper amount of exploration and or the right path was taken to funnel them where they wanted them to be for the best, you know, setup and opportunity to have an, uh, an engaging and fun time. And I won't go into these last two too much, but speaking of the right path, Stephanie had a really good bit about that in Doom. I'd be interested to hear if you noticed what it is that they did, because it's kind of one of those things where you do notice and then you subconsciously maybe forget about it. But she talks about putting that in all the different places. And then the other thing that Jonathan was talking about was, you know, Randy... Farnell would always talk about, well, we're looking at the metrics of which skills get picked over which and which, you know, how often these skills are used. They had a graph showing like an Oscar Mike's skill use, like over the course of the match or the testing. And then graphs with pie charts of which skills get picked in the helix. It was really cool to actually, I mean, you couldn't really see like the data data, but you could see it there as, you know, here's what literally what they're looking at. It was really good. I really liked it. Oh, yeah. You've convinced me. Checking that out for sure. In fact, I'll probably watch it once we wrap this up tonight so I don't forget Mm -hmm. and get to work tomorrow. And then, of course, Friday goes and you know how that all goes. Yep. But I was looking through, and there's a couple of awesome little things they talked about. But for the most part, everyone is still just under wraps, waiting to Mm -hmm. be able to announce and talk about some of the big projects they're working on. I'm just as excited as everybody else is. And I understand they can't say anything until they can say something, but... Man, these teases are killing me. They, they've they mm. got a lot, a lot of turkeys in that oven right now, and I would love to just hear or see one of them, for goodness sakes. I just want, I just want a leg. Just give me yeah, a leg. Yeah, exactly. Just give, give me, a, me a, leg. a leg for now. Holy moly. <laughs> no, I'm pumped up. They're going to put out some really awesome stuff, publishing-wise and, of course, development-wise, and I can't oh, wait yeah. to hear about it. And hopefully here, since he said it, they're going to be able to talk about one or two of them, Next month, it's going to be a big Gearbox Publishing blog coming up soon. And then that pretty much wraps up that bit. And uh, was there a ballad of the five stars, or do I get to uh, get my utensils ready? Uh, no, there was there was no Nirvana Live Spirits and all that good stuff. I'm hungry, Eric. No, I, I hey. Now, I didn't see an announcement saying there wasn't going to be, but obviously since it was Easter, I assume there wouldn't be. And maybe that's, that's what they fair. did too, just because, well, no, duh, it's Easter. But uh, I'm hoping... I didn't know because I was working the whole well, day. Well, so it's was I, a, it's but... It's not an you know, Easter day for me. It wasn't Easter <laughs> for me either, but, you know, for normal humans with normal lives, it was Easter. And uh, I'm sure they'll be back this week. I haven't seen anything stating they are for sure going to be back this week, but I would assume so. So I don't know, you know, somebody out there better say something or else we might be chomping mm. down a five-star. <laughs> It's going to be so delicious. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, man. 
God bless. Somebody better send some five stars soon. Matt's getting hungry. <laughs> Speaking of things I can't wait for, I can't wait for more questions, comments, feedback from our listeners. If you got any of those things, or if you just want to say hi, you can do that via email at info at thirdshift.me. You can tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and you can find us on Facebook under Third Shift. And of course, we do have a wonderful Patreon set up. If you like what you hear, please head on over there. We treat it like a tip jar. Throw us a dollar, five dollars. If we made you laugh, please consider just donating anything and everything you can. It helps us keep the lights on, pays the bills, make sure we can keep doing this every single week. For all of you, to our current patrons, we do appreciate you all very, very much. Thank you for your continued support. We hope you like some of the cool little shenanigans we throw your way once in a while. And if you can't, well, you know what? That's the way life goes, man. You got to pay bills. You got to do what you can. Please consider at least thumbs up in us, five stars, messages, all sorts of interactions. We love that kind of thing as well. Any and all support is awesome and it keeps us motivated and we appreciate it very, very much. Absolutely we do. And of course, this podcast drops every Friday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 13th of April for our very next episode. You can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric already said, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. Oh, we appreciate it so much. Indeed we do. And if you like animals getting turned into five stars as I do, please consider giving us those five stars. Souls of animals help me live a happy life. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, I ain't going to tell you. Hmm. Just give us five star ratings. Ha! Feed me the five stars. I have a gnawing <laughs> hunger in my belly, and I'm going to have to do something drastic about it unless I get some five stars. Oh, hopefully it's not to me. All right, everybody, please. My life could be in danger. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I'm just going to say, don't don't forget forget to save. (laughs) Shut up and sit down.